Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park June 15th, 2020, this is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, but joined by Justin Labar and Raj Geary. Matt Morgan is out tonight uh, talking about the aftermath of the greatest wrestling match ever that happened last night at Backlash and what we were met with tonight on Raw. So much happened, the fastest moving Raw in ages, perhaps the start of a new era. There's a lot to dive into, uh, but as we were going to air, there is breaking news, Raj, and Wrestling Inc. has the scoop. Yeah, yeah. So right, right at the end of Raw, uh, WWE sent us and, and other media outlets a, a statement that a developmental talent contracted uh, COVID-19. Uh, according to them, the talent was last on site at the training facility on Tuesday, June 9th, so last Tuesday. Uh, according to the statement, no other individuals that attended the facility have reported system, uh, symptoms. Sorry. And uh, they said that all talent, production crew, and employees on-site at the training and production facilities will be tested for COVID-19 immediately to ensure the health and safety of the company's performers and staff. And then once the test results are in, they plan to proceed with their normal television production schedule. So here is the, uh, here's the full statement from WWE Associate Medical Director Doc- Dr. Jeffrey Dugas. Uh, developmental talent who was last on site at WWE's training facility on Tuesday, June 9th, has tested positive for COVID-19. Since that time, no other individuals that attended the facility have reported systems. However, out of an abundance of caution and to ensure the health and safety of the company's performers and staff, all talent, production crew, and employees on site at the training and production facilities will be tested for COVID-19 immediately. Following the test results, WWE plans to proceed with its normal television production schedule. Now, as you saw tonight, they were using fans uh, in the in the in the building. So I wonder if part of that, that won't reason, be happening again. Well, no, I think I wonder if that reason was because a lot of the developmental talent couldn't appear uh, out of safety concern. So they decided to uh, allow some fans in. Now the fans, we I, I found out some details about the fans. They weren't tested for COVID-19, but they were given the temperature checks, which is pretty standard. That's what, you know, the talent had been given up until now. Also had to fill out a questionnaire. They had to sign a waiver uh, noting that the threat of COVID exists. If they get it, WWE is not liable. So, um, yeah, so there we go. I'm telling you, Performance Center recruits talent. WWE has some flex over them. They could say if they wanted to, hey, if you're coming to these tapings, you know, as part of your work, you have to self-quarantine, isolate, whatever, with the fans. Like, that to me, I'm telling you, I, I think that is going to stop after tonight because that is um, a huge unknown. You know, I mean, you've got crazy people out there. You've got people that aren't taking into account their own safety. Um, who's to say that somebody, you know, we don't know what the behavior is. Well, what I don't get is a company as big as WWE, why they're not COVID testing instead of just doing the temperature checks. I, I mean, I don't know, man. I think, uh, I mean, I don't want to get into it, but I think, uh, there's a lot of COVID denial going on out there. And it seems like, uh, you know, Florida has, has certainly had a case of that. And I think with WWE, you know, this is, this is the new normal, right? I mean, you've got all these rushes to reopen right now and people are saying, oh, we're going to take these precautions, but they're not. There are precautions at scale. That's the challenge. You can't test people at scale before they enter a venue with rapid tests. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this entire time, you know, Vince and the company have done things, you know, just within the lines, uh, you know, uh, going out and paying for whatever it would take to get them at the amount of tests they would need to sustain, you know, because look, once they do the test once, you can't stop. Once you start doing it, 
he has to continue doing it until we are, you know, on a different phase of this um, COVID situation. So, yeah, whether it's money spent, whether it's do you want to hear the results of some of those tests? Not saying that he wants people to be sick, but it's like, you know, there, there is such a thing as being asymptomatic. And, and you know, it's like it's I don't I don't think that I don't I, don't, I, I think I think that they're going to continue to try to do what they're doing without going down the rabbit hole of doing testing is again, once you start it, they, they can't stop. And, you know, like June 9th, it's only been a week, you know, so they say 14 days. So, you know, we'll have to monitor and see in the next seven days, if they come forth with any other information, luckily this week, I think they're doing two raw tapings, two NXT tapings, two SmackDown tapings. So that'll at least get them in the can for the next two weeks. But, um, I'll be curious if WWE alerts us to any other, if any findings, if, if there are any, or anybody else might've, might've contracted it. It was a safer environment, statistically speaking. Dur- you know, in the in these weeks before, now with things reopening, um, I don't know. I just think uh, this this is potentially really bad, and I don't know that they're going to do anything differently because of it. Well, AEW they've been doing COVID testing, like the rapid COVID yeah. tests, I believe, and they're not they're not super accurate either. But doing that with the temperature checks is at least better. Um, so I, I mean. When you're doing so many tapings a week, it's not like you have to do the COVID test- testing at each taping. Uh, you know, as long as everyone's staying, uh, you know, inside, um, you know, after the taping bet- before the next one, you-, you do it once. That's the last one for the next couple weeks. Then you do it again. Uh, so the show was taped earlier today. Now, the- originally last week, the plan was to tape. They were going to tape it last week. That's what but I thought. Instead, yeah. yeah, but instead it got changed. We had reported last week that instead they changed it to do... Uh, just the NXT tapings that week on that Tuesday, and then they moved, uh, you know, then they had the tapings this week. So this was taped today. This was uh, the first show under the Bruce uh, Bruce Pritchard regime. And, um, yeah, we'll get into it. I thought it was the best show in a long time. It moved fast. Um, that's for certain. I mean, it was uh, the fastest moving show. It felt different than the Raw that we've been seeing. Um some of that was good. Some of that was not so good. But I think yeah. uh, things actually happened tonight. Yeah. Like, like I, you know, I don't know. Sometime in the nine o'clock hour, I realized I was like, you know, we're at whatever point in the show, and like, this has actually been a productive like need to tune in so you can like see these developments happening. Like, like that that this was, I, I you know, and and it's easy just to say, I guess you know, Bruce, you know, has maybe might you know has a different vision or has has some ideas. Let's just get moving. Let's 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 let's, let's acknowledge what's not working and. And 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 move move accordingly. Um, it might be as simple as that. There might be more elements, but um, yeah, this this was a this was an entertaining show. I mean, three hours is always too long. Three hours is long, but within the three hours, there was at least uh, a, you know enough headlines to go away and say, okay, that raw like really put an effort forth in the storytelling. Yeah, and it's it's as Michael the virus is pointing out, it had a story to it, you know, and it did build a little intrigue with our truth and Drew because you're like, huh, they could have drew drop the title and not get beat and you have an excuse when it happened earlier in the show and not at the very end you kind of knew that he wasn't losing but uh still it, it does create that uh intrigue in the match a, a bunch of matches had stakes we always talk about that um the matches that weren't important were short the title matches and the main matches were were you know two segments they weren't like 30 40 minutes as we're seeing uh some weeks so i thought this was way better I, I so think this. Also- I, I think this will be the first. I mean, I think there's one other one that happened somewhere in this pandemic time and, and the PC time. I think we actually might see maybe some kind of hold. I don't know if I want to say increase, but the, we, hopefully we don't see this steep drop to hour three that they've been they've been trending with. Yeah, that's what I felt like tonight. Like it, the rating, I think will be higher just because. I mean, people have tuned out. I don't think all of a sudden all these people are going to tune in, but I think because the hour one to hour three drop won't be as much. And so that will bring the overall rating up. And if they keep doing shows like that, faster pace, uh, hopefully they could get some of that audience back. Hope so. So we opened tonight with Randy Orton. Oh, real quick. Uh, yeah. Matt Morgan couldn't make it tonight. Uh, he got stuck in a meeting and wasn't able to get out in time to start watching Raw. So he will be back on Wednesday. There you go. We opened tonight with Randy Orton being confronted by Christian after the greatest wrestling match ever last night uh, and Randy Orton defeating Edge. Um, what did you think of this interplay, Justin, and uh, Randy challenging Christian to an unsanctioned match tonight in the main event of Raw? 
Well, having Christian appear makes sense. I mean, obviously, we've seen him appear recently before, uh, but he makes sense, uh, especially if you're calling, you know, once again. And this is what I and, and as Raj pointed out, and I misspoke yesterday, I, I forgot that they had called the audible and decide to film tonight's role today, because I, I, I say this all the time. Why in the world would you ever want to film a raw that's going to happen after a pay-per-view? Why would you want to film it before pay-per-view? And with a situation of Edge actually getting hurt, this is a perfect point in case. So, uh, you know, not having Edge, you know, pull out his best friend Christian, actually giving us the intrigue and, and the the threat of hang on to hour three to see what happens. Uh, oh. Is he going to fight for his friend's honor? Um, so I, it was good. I mean, the, I, I don't like, I never like the term unsanctioned. If it's truly unsanctioned, it wouldn't it's be in WWE's ring. Yeah, it, it, you know, there's a there was a WWE referee out there for the same. He didn't event, sign a waiver. Match, yeah, right? <laughs> but all that being said, I understand the point they're trying to drive to, and I was fine with this. I this was this. I'll tell you what. Again, the segment ended. And I said, okay, I'm I'm staying awake till the end of this one. Right. You know? And it was very smartly done. Well, I mean, we'll get to it. Christian obviously not taking any bumps, real bumps, so uh, he didn't need to be cleared. It was uh, it was done uh, in a very clever way. Did you guys think, though, that the expectation was too high? I mean, I saw on social media people like, oh, Christian's back. This tonight is uh, the return. They're going to find a way to, to get him back and uh, do some matches. I think if Christian was coming back to wrestle, you wouldn't want his comeback match on an episode of Raw. You know what I, I mean? Like, I uh, So I, I guess I just was never expect. I, I guess I was just expecting an attack to, you know, the whole time. Um well, yeah, you know, or just a, a challenge or Christian saying he needs time, but he, he accepts or something like that. I even know. almost thought he could kick the crap out of Randy because that would put Christian at no physical risk if he just, like, cut loose, kendo stick. Just be, I mean, you could do that and not have to have him take any bumps or be at any risk. I was surprised with, actually, I thought the way they ended it, we'll talk about this, I thought he looked like uh, a punk at the end there. Um <laughs> But I think he's supposed to. You're building Orton here. Yeah, uh, Christian's out of. Christian's done. I mean, he's not. I, know, a, I just, I just don't like. And, and, I just don't and, like it, man. I mean, yeah, Christian's still medically done, and you don't have Edge. You, pro- you probably don't have Edge at best case scenario until Mania next year. Yeah, this gets the heat on Orton, and so if you build to him and Drew, and you get Orton at coming in as this mega heel, um, and then if they do SummerSlam in front of fans, I mean, that's that's a big match. All of a sudden, um, you got you got a. A, a title match that means something. True, true, true. Um, is Christian on backstage tonight? I don't think. Uh, oh, I doubt it. I doubt that he's somewhere icing his unit. Yeah, raw talk. They mean yeah, but yeah. Backstage raw. It's all the yeah, same. They're all the same. Yeah. Shows no one watches. <laughs> Shows that can't hold a candle to this one. Right. It's true. We get we get more uh, viewers <laughs> on some weeks. Than I will say actually, back, we're all talk. Yeah. But backstage actually is. I actually do commend Fox for like backstage actually is formatted pretty entertaining, and I'm happy that they do get to speak. Um, you know, not not WBQ cards. So I'll I, give that. I do love the episodes where CM Punk is on because he he is totally honest. You could tell he doesn't care about any backlash from the company he's not kissing ass so but he's on he's on so inconsistently that i feel like the big bang of him being on a wb content talk show that that fox Mm -hmm. had it it, it quickly fizzled out because it was like he shows up once it feels like once every like five weeks and it's like yeah i think he's it it seems like it's once a month he's going to be on again this tuesday which is the fastest turnaround he's had because he was on just two weeks ago but normally it's been like once a month but yeah i agree i I mean if he was on every week it also get kind of old too. So, so uh, but the weeks he is on, I do think are are uh, some of the best hours of TV, uh, wrestling wise on on of the week. Agreed with that. Um, although it is weird how uh, it's all sort of worked out, right? I mean, when he first when the deal first was announced for FS1 and backstage it was like, oh, CM Punk doing something with WWE, and it's kind of amazing how. They managed to kill the momentum of that sort. Well, I think a lot of people just assumed that was a, a, a opening the door for Punk to return to WWE, and they 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 were seeing the WWE Punk connection more than realizing it was a Fox Punk connection. Punk's getting an easy payday, and uh, you know I think now the reality is in Punk's not coming back. I don't see WWE changing their stance anytime soon. Um, but isn't it wild, Raj? You and I never really talked about this. Nick and I talk about it. Isn't it crazy that you have this you have this new company that's well financed and well put together in AEW that you think would fit Punk's mission perfectly, right? 
kind of a you know a, 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 to be the ultimate alternative to 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 the to the wrestling that Vince is just polluted, and 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 their home one of their home bases of their biggest shows are Chicago and and and, and guys we at least are under the assumption that are friends of it the Bucks and and it, isn't it just nuts that like you th- I would have thought for sure by now CM Punk would have been on an AEW stage, and now I feel like he's further apart from them than maybe he is WWE. Oh. Oh yeah, I mean he dogged him. Uh, I know he he legitimately got uh, some of those guys upset. Uh, he was ripping on the way they were trying to make an offer to him. So yeah, I mean I agree. And uh, you know the only thing I wonder about Punk, and I think the same thing with Brock Lesnar, is that they don't want to go to a, to what is uh, pictured to be number two, like you know the oh. number two coming. To, like Brock, he never thought about going to Bellator. Uh, you know, it's always UFC, you know, with mm. WWE. He never thought about going to TNA. Um, so, you know, I think yeah. it's just that, it, it, I don't know if feeling like it's beneath them or, you know, it's a number two, but uh, there are some people that only only want to be with the number one company. Well, the moment AEW uh, brought on, and I'm happy they did because he, he deserves it. The moment they brought on Cole Cabana, I said, all right, the punk train is hell. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> it was weird, dude. I mean, uh, at StarCast, CM Punk in Chicago did business with Conrad for StarCast. Was not there on the same day as Cole Cabana. I mean, I was backstage because we were sponsoring a thing. They were not in the building on the same day. Um, it's just amazing that with AEW, like nothing. Like, if it didn't happen then, I don't think it's ever right. going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, you exactly. Know? And... But let's, I mean, let's be honest. If if Punk were to sign with them, they would drop Colt Cabana in a heartbeat, I would think. Or Colt. <laughs> no offense to Colt. Colt, I, you I can come on this a... podcast at any time if that happens to <laughs> He's you. He's such a nice guy. <laughs> I know, I, I like Colt. He's super creative. Yeah. And, and maybe they would, and actually, I don't know if they would. They seem like they're, uh, Tony Khan doesn't seem that cold-hearted. CM Punk was nice when he was there backstage at StarCast, even. He was introducing himself to everyone. Like introducing himself as Phil, like he was being like he was in very good spirits, to the point where that to me was like, oh, he's doing something with AEW, he's happy. But no, it's actually amazing that he kind of made peace on his own mm-hmm. before the FS1 thing and everything else happened. Yeah, uh, DJ Ryafek saying, yeah, Punk will love the seat he is in rather than put his body through it. If he does come back, it would be a big t- payday for sure. Yes, and uh, DJ Ryafek also, uh, thank you for their super chat. Glad. Uh, you're dealing with your issues, man, and you're listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for your support. Yeah, thanks. Glad you enjoyed Raw tonight. Um, so we went from that opening segment to Charlie Caruso backstage with Angel Garza and Zelina Vega. They showed us what happened in Backlash against Apollo Crews last night with him retaining over Andrade and Kevin Owens stopping Garza from interfering. Charlie asked Garza if he felt bad about possibly costing Andrade the win. Vega said no one cost anyone anything. And uh, this led to Kevin Owens versus Angel Garza tonight. Um, Kevin Owens getting a pretty easy win and standing tall afterwards. Um, But then Vega pointing out that uh, Garza and Andrade want the same thing. They shouldn't be fighting or arguing with each other. So uh, it's kind of, I'm anxious for this to take sort of a new turn with all these players involved uh, that have been mixing it up these past couple weeks. Yeah. I mean, that's been, uh, that was certainly a, a defining trait of um, Paul Heyman's twelve months, especially the, especially the, the the latter six months here with Raw, was uh, trying to establish a lot of new guys. So you know, p- part of that was just by necessity, not having Brock, not having Roman, uh, not having Becky. Now, um, obviously, Cena's you know very 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 part time at best. So uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see like does Andrade, does Garza, does Austin Theory, does Alistair Black like where, you know Street Profits to all these guys and girls? Um, do they still do they still get the same attention? Is that is, is that they, is the same path still there for them or, or what happens here? I Garza's very good. I'll be honest. I have like I know he's good. I can I know I've seen enough to say that, but I, I, I'm not yet like. Doesn't I'm not I I still walk around the room and do other things. He hasn't he hasn't got that he hasn't uh, got that uh, loyalty for me of, of attention. But uh, so I'll be interested to see like if, if they stick with this or if this is some way a, a chance to get out of what they've been doing and move on to something else. Yeah, you know I think one of the, the problems I had with Heyman, which I mean in theory it sounds great, you know to push new stars. You definitely should do that. But when you're only pushing new stars, you know, and and there's so much of them on the show, you kind of lose interest, and that's that's probably one of the reasons you saw ratings falling is you would just see these long segments with Humberto Carrillo and all these guys who aren't quite yet over. Um, 
it, whenever you see stars being built and doing being it, it, it being done effectively, usually you pick a few and you you put them in the mix with the top stars, but you still have a lot of top stars on the show. And then you slowly bring people up. You don't just push everyone at the same time. And I feel like, um, I feel like tonight, you know, you, you're seeing Drew getting the push. I thought he looked great tonight. I thought that was one of his most effective weeks. And you know, I think uh, Angel Garza will get his time. But you know, I think they need Owens. They need that star power, and they need Owens to be that star he could be. So I, I agreed with this decision. Maybe it was a little quick, uh, but you know. I didn't need a 30-minute match between these guys. Well, after that, we saw some of Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre from Backlash last night. MVP was backstage talking with Lashley. And uh, then um, R-Truth, they were talking about there's going to be the match uh, with R-Truth tonight, McIntyre versus MVP. And Lashley, so when MVP came out to the ring and was praising Lashley, um, Lana came out and interrupted it like, are they broken up? This seemed like this was the end. Yeah, remember later, remember, he uh, he said he wants a divorce. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is long I overdue. Mean, who doesn't? Guys, come on, we're all married. Who doesn't say that, like, you know, three times a week to their wife? <laughs> it's common, right? No, this is two divorces in six months for Lana. Yeah, it's true. In the, in, the, in the words of Samoa Joe tonight, he goes, she's cracking up quite the roster. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is this is a long time coming. And, I, and I've, I've, I mean, I've often been an outspoken supporter of Lana. I, I think that she just, there's something there about her. So I, I, I'm all for them keeping her under contract and hopefully they figure out what to do with her. But this thing, I mean, it, it was, look, it was interesting at the start. You know, it was very attitude era. Jerry Springer asked the whole her and Bruce have a problem. She's with Lashley. Then it. You know, but it was, it, it, but it was just blatantly they 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 had no end game. You know, the, the the Liv Morgan, let's have a a lesbian crash wedding situation. They never they they, they didn't even want the announcers to say anything. They just it, it, like just too many things that were just again just to just for shock value, no follow up, no purpose, no progression. Lashley beat Rusev fifteen times in like a matter of a month. It, you know, granted, obviously, you know, Rusev now gone from the company, so. Uh, but yeah, just this, 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 this long time coming. So I, I hope that um, I hope they find something else for Lana, and they kind of maybe tease such in a backstage coming up here. But this, this, this needed to happen big time. Absolutely, yeah. She she was kind of holding uh, this feud down, and I think we've seen Lana when she was with Rusev, when she was the ravishing Russian. She was awesome. I mean, she was she was so effective in that role. She can be really effective with the right material, and they haven't been giving her. I mean, I I don't know who could pull this stuff off, but. Um, but yeah, I think this is this is the best for the story. MVP is great with Bobby Lashley, and uh, having Lana just in the background was just kind of muddying it. So um, yes, and Raj, uh, due to MVP's promo, you learned a new word tonight. I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we at MVP's promo? Was that yeah? Uh, yeah that, that was what prompted it. Yeah, in the same segment. Yeah, he um, said. He, what did he say? Uh, how did uh, he say it? Get out of here, thought. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes, I had to look up. Yeah, I looked up thought, and uh, it's very, very hip and cutting edge for WWE. Nice to know, Raj. You don't call your wife a thought. (laughs) 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 If Raj called his wife that, she'd look at him and be like, "Dude, you're 44. Like, where where'd you pick that up?" (laughs) Well, Glenn, you just revealed to everybody that Raj is asking for a divorce a few times a week. So at least in that (laughs) at least in that time, I thought Glenn was asking for a divorce a few times a week. You really ask? Do you really ask? No, no. I think there there was probably a period of time where it was like just when everything like, well, I want tacos for dinner. You want, uh, you know, salad for dinner. I want a divorce. Like we can't come to terms. This is irreconcilable. Uh, I do sometimes overplay things for the sake of comedy. Let's get a couple of these super chats. Armando Copes, nine minutes behind. It looks like Raj was uh, raw was good. Raj didn't have to drink to get through it. It's a Monday night. Can't do Monday nights. Uh, Terrible Trey says, I agree with your tweet. Very solid episode of Raw, but Liv didn't need to take the pin in that tag match. That's true. Other than that, it was an eventful show. Yeah, we'll get to that. But I agree. And uh, yes, Christopher Lewis, we talked about it at the beginning of the show, but we'll talk about it more. Uh, talent tested, uh, developmental t- talent tested positive for COVID. I was going to say to be like kind of a smart ass to be like, that's the problem with COVID-19. No one's talking about it enough. But truthfully, though, I do think people have stopped talking about it enough. That's why. That's why we're in the situation we're in. Because 
people kind of let up on it. They, they got sick of it, and now we're seeing a, a backlash, as it were. Ebony saying, if Raj calls his wife, I'm sure she'd slap him. I think it'd be worse than oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, we've established on this podcast, including with Matt Morgan, Seven Foot Giant, all of our wives could individually kick each of our asses yeah. if push came to shove. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, so as broken exclusively on my Twitter feed today, Akira Tozawa showing up with his gang of ninjas on a motorcycle was neck and neck with the finished Edge versus Orton in the WWE audience research they sent out post-backlash. And tonight, we saw Tozawa and his ninjas. Um, I'm glad Akira's getting something, like, with this. I mean, it is what it is. It's it's actually kind of crazy. Could you imagine if even a week ago, I would have said Akira Tozawa's going to show up on a motorcycle with a gang of ninjas, and then we're going to have matches where it's like four guys taking on ninjas. And Akira's the only face in there, and then there's a huge giant ninja, like... This, you guys would have thought I was like smoking crack a week ago if I said this was going to happen, and now they are all in on this. Would you rather be one of Akira Tozawa's ninjas or one of the creepers in the Dark Order? Ninja, mm. absolutely. Ninjas look cooler. Yeah. Um, I mean, these guys were small. I mean, it was clearly there for comedy. Well, compared to the... Seven foot three. Jordan, uh, Jordan, uh, man, I'm going to butcher his last name. Amagbian, I believe. Amagbian. Uh, seven foot three. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall are uh, big proponents of him. Uh, he just, I mean, he's he can be a a superstar if if they give him time. Let him. I mean, you don't want a guy like that doing drop kicks and stuff like that. But you know, have him make sure everything he's doing looks good and and he works like a big guy and. And uh, I think he could be a superstar. The guy is, he's got a cool look. Yeah, because the last guy his size was Giant Gonzalez, and that didn't work too great. So let's, <laughs> let's make sure we really take this well, guy along the right way. How over can these ninjas be when tonight they face the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits teaming up together? And uh, Akira Tozawa and the three ninjas, as it's listed on <laughs> Wrestling Inc., the three ninjas <laughs> with Akira Tozawa lost tonight uh, handily in this match and then the giant ninja came out uh ready for a fight and then hey big show returned to come out and uh even the odds they didn't really unless i missed it they didn't do a stare down between big show and uh the giant no. ninja right? it was implied i think that would have been but, cool. but they didn't like actually that... do especially because the the ninja would actually is taller than big show which uh, that would have been the first time right other than kali i guess yeah when they showed uh, Rocky Eric, asking if he's Nigerian. Yes, yes, he is Nigerian. When they showed Eric and Big Show wearing the Viking Raiders shirts next to each other, Eric from the Viking Raiders looked like Big Show's mini-me. Like, Big Show took his kid to work, <laughs> breaking him into the business. Like, the Viking Raiders looked more like punks than usual to me. This was one of the w- random times where I enjoyed their stuff tonight. Really? I hated this segment last night. I thought it was the worst thing on the show. It was embarrassing, I thought. But I, I thought their stuff today was fine. It, 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 I will say this about the promos and the, the backstage. They did a lot of talking tonight, a lot of backstage segment, a lot of promos. Mm-hmm. But it all felt way more organic and less scripted. It didn't feel... It yeah, yeah, yeah. And it didn't feel like they are reading lines or reciting lines. It felt a lot more... I don't know why that is. I don't know if they were told to do it differently. But it just felt it just felt a lot easier, and I thought the Street Profits Viking Raiders stuff it didn't feel as forced. Um, when well, next week they're going to finish the Who Can Do It Better series of challenges. But yeah. at least it's an actual match, though. Yeah, That's what it finally needs to be. At least it's an actual match. It's not, um, you know, it's not golf or something. Lawn darts, right? Yeah. Lawn darts. Uh, Disco Scotty, five dollar super chat, asking Ben, wondering, do we have any idea how much money WWE is losing out every week by not having the regular paid audience and merchandise sales? Well, there's a couple different things to that. WWE was actually losing money on live events. So they, were, they haven't been profitable with live events in years. So on that aspect, <laughs> their profitability is actually up. Obviously, they're losing the Raw Gates, SmackDown Gates. That does hurt them some. Um, the pay-per-view, obviously, and the merchandise. Uh, but this is going to be the most profitable year ever. So uh, just the TV deals are such a huge uh, chunk of their revenue that they're bulletproof as long as they maintain these TV deals and they don't violate those contracts. Everyone is tweeting right now all of these 
gifts from and videos from tonight, like the Street Profits going through the audience, Ric Flair, all these things that in light of the COVID positive test thing really are very worrying about WWE right now. That is what weird, wrestling it, Twitter is talking it's about. It's a weird time. A bunch of Cowboys and, and Texans uh, uh, players. I, I don't know if a bunch, but some. Ezekiel Elliott uh, being one of them uh, tested positive as well. So, yeah. But the sad reality is it, it sucks. But, like, we NFL players, pro wrestlers, it, it's going to – it's gonna there's, there's going to be no avoiding it. It's, and it's, it's, it, I guess maybe, that, maybe that's part of that herd uh, mentality. Like, it's going to have to happen. You just have to hope that you catch it and you can do the necessary thing so it doesn't spread like wildfire. But it's gonna ha- This is gonna happen. Like we, if if we think that we're gonna have our athletes and our professors forever get through this until there's a vaccine and and not get it, that's just that's just not, you know, not, that's just not gonna be possible. That's imp- that's impossible. It's crazy, man. I mean, it really does. It's funny. I mean, it's it's typical WWE luck, right? They put on the show tonight. It's well received. New creative direction like people are getting behind it and now it's like oh no one step forward five steps back like wwe can't catch a break well if this is just it and no one else tests positive for covid they're all right um obviously if it turns out a lot of other talent have it then it's then it's a whole different issue um yeah uh, then it's yeah yeah, it's just, I mean, this is just crazy. It's, 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 it definitely puts a cloud over everything we saw tonight. Uh, Seth Rollins was backstage saying he knew Rey Mysterio's son Dominic was there tonight against his father's wishes, but he's glad Dominic was there. He needs Dominic there. No one has seen him yet, but Rollins can feel that he's here. Uh, Rollins headed to the ring to deliver a message to Dominic and his father. But first, uh, we saw the recap of what happened with Christian and Randy Orton. Christian was shown backstage on the phone with someone. He says he knows the risks involved in fighting Orton. He says he's going to go ahead, hangs up the call. Or he's got to go, hangs up the call. And uh, they really kept building that throughout the night. Rollins was outside by the ring. No sign of Austin Theory or Murphy. Took the mic. And, uh, yeah, talked about Ray. Talked about Ray declining his invitation. Uh, I mean, this all built up Seth's monologue to Dominic attacking, sneaking in the ring from behind and attacking him, uh, sending Rollins face first into the barrier and uh, Ray watching while this happened on the big screen. I actually thought the the Dominic sequence uh, came off pretty well. You know, he came in there, got in, laid in some good shots. It was a good cat and mouse of him avoiding um, uh, uh, Murphy in theory. Um, you know, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I thought this was, I, I haven't been the biggest fan of the Dominic stuff and uh, it's obvious that like this is a big stipulation of Ray even coming back to WWE in the first place. Is you know, you know he wants to get Dominic uh, you know in the door here. They've luckily they've he, you know we saw him we saw him in the past do stuff. I think was it um, was, it, was that one of the Saudi shows that he make an appearance? Or was it there? Or? Yeah, wasn't he? Uh, with the, it was, we made with the Brock, Brock stuff. Yeah, 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 Brock, yeah, yeah. Um, so like we they, they 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 keep sprinkling him in every now and again, and I, I got to say when when he has gone out there, he's looked good. I think I think that that match I'm just mentioning there, I think he did something off the top rope, and it looked pretty good. And he took some bumps from Brock, and um, so I don't know. I, I I think I saw worse from David Flair at times. So if we're talking about putting kids into the business of stars, uh, this this isn't this isn't the worst. Yeah, I agree. I thought, uh, you know, a lot of times Dominic with his promos, it's, you, you, you're like, he just needs work. You know, you could see that uh, he could get there, but it's just not it's not there yet. Uh, maybe the scripted nature of it, he's just not comfortable with it. But I thought tonight was great. I thought the segment worked. He got the better of Seth. This wasn't one of those uh, typical, they catch up to him and then beat him down. Yeah. This was one of those, it was almost like finally a feel-good moment for Ray and the sun punking out Seth and then running out. And it was, uh, I thought it was very well done. Yeah. I like Dominic in this segment. He's actually my favorite part of this angle. And, and I think that's, I mean, that's kind of the, the intent. Yeah. Let's talk about Liv Morgan and Natalia versus the Iconics with the Iconics getting a quick win here. Uh, what's going on with Liv, Rush? Um, well, Liv, I, I mean, clearly Paul Heyman was, uh, you know, uh, she was one of the, girls that Paul Heyman wanted to push I'd be surprised if Vince wouldn't want to I mean it seems like she's got kind of the look and personality that Vince would like Hmm. um so I don't know Uh, but her getting beaten here like she was looking really good her matches were getting better 
I wasn't a big fan of those promos that she was doing. Uh, but outside of that, I thought she was looking great. So I don't, I don't know why they just halted that momentum. Maybe this is going somewhere with her and Natalia, and it, and it, it leads to a program between the two of them. But um, yeah, I don't think she should have been taking the pin in this. What about what? you, uh, Scoops Labar? What do you know? Well, I, I, a lot of what Raj said, yeah, she was certainly on that list of, of, ta- of talents uh, that I named earlier that, that you could tell were being in the focus of Raw. I almost wonder after having, having it was it was this was purposely done. It was a quick match. She gets the pin. That 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 wasn't an accident. And then when we see that promo afterwards, backstage with her and Natty, and then Lana comes into the fold, and Lana and Natty are exchanging. I I almost wonder. Are we setting some groundwork? Kind of what MVP is doing on the male side. Are we setting some oh. groundwork? Is is Natty going to maybe acquire uh, a little stable of 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 women who are are in a lost place, lives in a lost place? You know, she uh, Natty referenced. You know, no wonder the Riot Squad dumped you or whatever. You know, I don't forget the exact wording. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, Lana obviously no Rusev now she her her Bobby's let her go so I kind of get that feel you know Natty's very much obviously the, you know she she's the, she is the veteran uh woman in that locker you know legitimately so I it would be very uh very easy to buy that she's kind of being the mother mother hen here nursing these women that are um and 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 and, and guiding them uh into, into successful parts of their career oh so I missed that segment I, I must have been grabbing water or something but uh Oh, so I, I didn't even know that. So that that makes sense. I, if this is leading to something bigger, that's uh, that's a great idea because lives lives a, a future star. No, oh, absolutely. Um, let's talk about the segment backstage with Ric Flair and Charlotte Flair saying, "What's next?" And uh, Charlotte kind of playing coy. I really thought she was going to interfere with Nia versus Oscar. Very surprised it didn't happen. Yeah, I still think that Nia and Oscar isn't over yet. I still think they're going to stretch this out to extreme rules to me you shouldn't do charlotte versus oscar yet that's a SummerSlam match that's probably the best women's match you could put on SummerSlam's the next biggest Ooh. stage so do it there uh paula cruz versus shelton benjamin tonight for the u.s title or not a non-title match pardon me Paula's the champion and paula uh, won this match tonight pretty easily but it seems like they're setting up something with paula and mvp yeah uh, yeah like well, yeah, MVP was kind of courting him there. Yeah, yeah, they showed teases of MVP. I think I think they also had teases of MVP, and I think they made mention or had some reference of MVP and Shelton. Um, so I don't know. So MVP certainly on the hunt to acquire talent. I, yeah, this is pretty pretty cut and dry. But um, you know, God, I'm always okay seeing Shelton out there. He's just super talented. Uh, I, I'm again. Going back to Paul being Heyman in charge for the last twelve months, I'm kind of surprised we didn't see a little bit more of Shelton. I know we did see, yeah. you know, we, we did see a little bit of crossover with he and Brock for a brief minute in the there, Rumble, especially around Rumble, and which was, was fantastic. Big, it was and one even of the high points of the Rumble, and, and even an episode of Raw, if I recall. But um, yeah, so Shelton versus Paul Cruz, two athletic guys, first time I've ever seen this, at least in a WWE ring. So I, I would be all right if they wanted to make this uh, the the U.S. feud for the next pay per view. And for you Shelton, know, Apollo, Apollo with MVP, I, I don't mind that either. I, I almost feel like Apollo, I mean, Apollo's been a babyface his whole run. He, I almost feel like he could use, a, a, you know, a change of scenery, you know, maybe a, a, a heel turn and, and trying different things out and, and freshening up his character a bit. Because he can well, go in the ring. He's great. But I think well, from the character standpoint, I'd like to see him evolve. Well, it should be noted in the finish here, Apollo wins and right. he uses the ropes. Yeah. So this certainly, that's certainly... You know, that certainly seemed like they're turning here. I'd like to see it. Yeah, I'd like to see it. Well, so tonight this was interesting. We had a tag team match for the WWE title. It was originally going to be for the WWE title and the 24-7 title uh, with R-Truth and Drew McIntyre defending against MVP and Bobby Lashley. Uh, Drew was very concerned about this. R-Truth changed it, so it was just for the WWE title, the championship. Uh and this was a fun match. I mean, what do you think of this direction they're going with Drew? Even Drew letting Truth get the pin at the end after he uh, set it up with the Claymore. I mean, Drew is uh, definitely a much different character than he was even three months ago in WWE. He is. I mean, he's been tasked with you know, you're gonna get your you're finally gonna get your world championship run, and it's in this kind of situation. You know, I think he's handled it as well as you can. You know, Drew also at the moment kind of has a lack of of, of heels. You know, they, they they obviously they really try to build Bobby up, and last night was the most legitimate 
believable time in Bobby's 13 years. And I'm like, all right, he could potentially walk out of a WWE show here as world champion. Didn't happen. And so it probably isn't going to happen, at least not right now. But there is a, just a lack of credible heels. You know, we, 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 you know, Seth's, you know, Seth's doing you know his own thing uh, elsewhere. There's just not a lot of credible heels. So uh, I don't know what's on the horizon. I, you'd think Randy Orton probably would be the answer for a SummerSlam. Randy Orton and Drew, as, as I think Raj said earlier. Uh, but right now, I, I'm I'm okay with this. This just kind of having some fun. Let's get. I don't, I don't mind seeing Drew out there next to Dancing Our Truth and and cutting a smile. And and how about this? It, it, like, did anybody capture this? You know, at the end when Drew and Our Truth both hold up their titles in celebration. Like, this was the first time that I the the 24 seven title was not just a complete uh, conga line joke. It, I'm, not, I'm not saying this one night undo, un, undone, can undo a, a year's worth of comedy, but like it, it, it had a certain just serious presentation tonight. Because no, the they did that with uh, Riddick Moss and like Mojo. Remember, they had like a serious. No, I don't remember. Yeah, they they had a serious match yeah. on Raw for the twenty four seven. There have been a week or two here or there where they've taken this, they've tried to treat it more seriously and then they dropped it cool but here's what i don't get though they were saying if mvp or bobby pin truth they would still be the wwe champion truth got the pin in the win i don't know i think by that logic he should have gotten the title because he got the pin well he then changed the step later truth yeah. to where only the world title was on the line and I know. only those guys i think he, i thought he said like the other guys can win you know only those other guys can win or something like that i would not um, have been upset if truth were the wwe champion that would have that would have been they announced like it on that. social media <laughs> the referee missed it but yeah for the stipulation sure. of the match um <laughs> I, I gotta i gotta say with drew uh Drew the last, you know, without the crowd, uh, at times it kind of came across like he was trying too hard, trying too hard to be kind of cutesy, funny. Uh, I thought his interactions with R-Truth were great tonight. I thought they played off each other well. It didn't seem, again, like I was saying with a lot of the other segments, it didn't seem forced. They seemed to be playing off each other naturally. I thought Drew came across great here. And then his chemistry with R-Truth, I thought it was one of those odd couple things that really worked. And I thought this was a fun match. So we had Ric Flair backstage talking to Christian, telling him not to get hurt. And, uh, yeah, they just they really built this, especially for that turn later tonight. Um, but then we had the uh, celebration uh, tonight. Well, it's Bailey's birthday week. Uh, she was out with Sasha um, celebrating their win at Backlash last night. And uh, they were interrupted by the Iconics, so they're going to have a match next week on Raw. And this week... On NXT, they're going to take on uh, Tegan Knox and uh, Shotzi Blackheart for the tag uh, for the tag titles. I think they're pretty much saying that they're not losing the titles on Wednesday. I know. And I think it's also, going to be a great match. Sorry. And they also advertise Sasha and Billy next Monday if they are still champions <laughs> uh, up against the Iconics. It's so. like when Brock was facing Ricochet, and they're like, "If Brock is still champions facing <laughs> Drew," even though they're doing all the angles for it. But um, yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean the way they were making it sound, I thought it was, I thought the match was going to be tonight at first, but um, yeah. I mean, there's a story there. I'd like to see Sasha and Bailey uh, move on to a team, you know, more serious. You know, you'd mentioned Natty earlier. Whether it's Natty and Liv, I don't know if Liv and Lana as a tag team right now, but um, have a more serious feud and get out of this with all the yelling and you know comedy that they're doing right now. It's the iconic shtick, man. I mean, what are they going to do? But I think they bring the champions down and the titles down. Hmm. Not a fan. Not a fan of. Uh... I'm a. I'm a fan of them as characters, like you know, and and uh, just not as not at the top. And you know, if you really want the women's tag titles to mean something, you need to you need to have it taken more seriously. Hmm. In my opinion. Yeah, it's just kind of their gimmick, though. You know, I mean, it's who they are. I look. Yeah. I, I look at the iconics. Um... I think they can. I think they can be that gimmick, but I still think that they can be like credible and get into the championship picture. I, I, I know, I know, the chat room will probably blow up on this. I look at the iconics kind of as like very early Edge and Christian, just very early goofy, oh, yeah. like you know. But but it, when the bell rings, it can still be you know they can still build some credibility. If I mean they they need to get. I mean they they just came back, so it's, it's going to take some time. They need to uh, of consistency. But like I don't think just because that they can be that annoying. 
you know, annoying voices and iconics and all that stuff, I, I still think that they could be credible. So I, I don't, I don't write them off uh, in this tag division as just being comedy. I think that they could be somebody you, you, you angle as serious heels. And I like that promo tonight uh, when they talked about them pitching a fit and like crying after losing the titles of Mania. I love <laughs> that WWE has taken that report and made that like kayfabe. Yeah, I think that they mentioned they've mentioned that a couple other times before too, right? Um, yeah, so where did, the, where did that come from? Who broke? Uh, someone broke that story. Satin. Yeah. Then they, it was supposedly they were. Sasha and Bailey were so upset that they were booked to lose the titles, the tag titles, so quickly to the Iconics. That at WrestleMania, they, they got on the floor like and threw, threw like a crying fit, basically. I think it was just Sasha. Story. Okay, just or, Sasha. Well, may, well, I think they were both there, but I think it was more Sasha. But look, you know, I, we talked about this last year. I don't blame Sasha. You know, they're, they're trying to. They worked hard to get them to approve and bring these tag titles on, and then to just drop it with no story, no meaning, never give them a chance to properly build it. I agree. I would have been upset too. You but should take this stuff seriously. That, you, can you imagine Bret Hart? That, like would, you're you're losing to Doink in your first defense, and <laughs> well, he, you know the way uh, they di- pitch di- it, though. Isaac Yankum. No one would ever characterize it that way about a male talent. No one would say at Backlash last night, Bobby Lashley was on the floor, rolling around, pounding his fists, and crying. Because he didn't win the WWE Championship. It, it is kind of like a messed up characterization. Unless they were messing around, too. Yeah, they could have been. I can't see them, you know, really legitimately, you know, yeah. hitting the ground and, you know. But yeah, now it's become such a, such a part of a kayfabe. And uh, I, I like the Iconics promo tonight. I think this would be good. And because they beat them at WrestleMania, I absolutely hey. think they could beat them next Monday. But why why have them take the, take the loss at... You know, backlash last night. I don't know. Yeah. Does it? Does any of it make sense for us? No. Well, none of it does. Yeah. Oscar and Nia having a rematch did, I guess. <laughs> it did, except how are they going to keep this going? Where it's like last night, Oscar clearly won. She just missed coming back to the ring. Was counted out by a hair. Um, and tonight she got a decisive victory. Oscar did over Nia Jax. Well, the referee did a fast count. Well, is that, is that next? Count. Yeah, that's next. Okay. And they're saying that, uh, I mean, was she distracted? I don't know. She rolled up. It was, it was a fast count, but it did look pretty decisive tonight. You look yeah, at the women the, in the ring. Nia pissed the ref off, right? And so yeah. the ref was about to disqualify her. Oscar rolled her up, and the, the ref did a quick count. So she has a gripe, you know, that uh, the ref was biased and, and uh, you know, made a... You know, it was unfair. But have, do you think they're credibly doing this? Much? I don't remember. And granted, I don't remember anything. I mean, I don't know what year it is. Certainly not what day it is. But I feel like in these matches, I haven't seen Nia looking dominant. Glimpses, perhaps. But Asuka seems like she's in control of these matches. Yeah, but even still, Asuka, Asuka's last, you know, since she's become champion, a double count out so she gets the title and then she wins on a fast count. I mean, it's not exactly the <laughs> most credible right. stretch there for her. So. That's yeah. true. I mean, Bailey got a decisive win over Nia in NXT. That yeah, was a I great mean, match. I mean, this Nia. I mean, you got uh, you got Extreme Rules coming up. I, I've got to think they're going to have some step and have them again. I don't know what it would be. Um, I don't know. Maybe take. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, a last man standing match or something like that. Do a last ugh. woman standing since I don't know. So we get to the end. We get to this unsanctioned match. Christian walking into the ring wearing all black, looking. He had the confidence of like, remember Walter White in the early seasons of Breaking Bad when he'd go to a drug deal. That's what Christian looked like tonight. Like, <laughs> like he did not look like in, in place there. It looked like he was marching to a funeral. Um, and then right when the uh, match was getting going, Ric Flair appears from behind and uh, punched him in the nuts. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as we talked about at the beginning, this was kind of a creative way. You know, Christian really can't do a match, but they were able to get three hours of build of, like, Christian's going to be in the ring with Randy Orton, see what happens. Um, no, I mean, I think this is done pretty well. And, again, it made sense. You know, the punt, uh, you know, I, I said it last night. I said uh, with the finish to Randy and Edge, and I, I'll say it again tonight. You know, that's one of the great things about having these shows where you have time to do a little bit of editing you know, Randy's punt had had credibility for the for a time period there. I, I don't know if it was like oh nine or ten, like whenever he implemented in his in his in his arsenal. And then there's been like a long string where like he would act like he's gonna get the punt and he would 
swing and miss and he, you know he hadn't hit the punt in years and so i kind of liken these uh now that they can do some editing and some camera tricks that they that he's he's doing it looks brutal they can they can take the angle take the right uh angle and cut uh and it's getting it's getting that move back over and it was perfect you know it's it's, it's an easy thing to believe that it takes christian out christian's laying there and randy just you know i cared about you telling the paramedics please take care of him you know this is <laughs> Randy, I mean, Randy Orton might be having he he might be the star of twenty twenty, all things considered. Um, Randy Orton's uh, gonna like kick your ass and then whisper sweet nothings to you while the paramedics <laughs> take care of you. Yeah, Randy Orton's he's been on fire. I mean, um, I, I thought I thought he was great tonight. I, yeah, I, I, I like this angle again. It was cleverly done. It was still physical technically, uh, so you know people. It wasn't like he just walked away or something like that because that would have been more of a cop out. But doing it this way, you got around Christian's limitations. He had an you know an, an interesting angle. I don't know how many people saw the flare thing coming. I didn't see it coming, but uh, uh, people in the chat are saying that they saw the flare turn coming. Um, I thought I thought it was just well done. It just adds to Orton again. Build him up for Drew, and that's that's your money match. Again, I don't like the fact there's a WWE referee in there. If it's unsanctioned, why is there a referee? Why is there a WWE referee? I don't like let let some rogue person come that's in a some other uh, official shirt. I don't want to see a WWE referee out there that I know in this unsanctioned match that you make me uh, hear over and over about. And, well, AEW with the the lights out matches, right? Those are supposed to be unsanctioned, and they have a referee too. Yeah, yeah, yes. You, uh, especially with what happened, you don't need a referee. You could literally have it to be like these two guys are just going to fight. Have the flair angle come out. Flair does whatever. Orton just Orton could just punt him, and, and the guy's knocked out. Christian's knocked out. You don't need to have a one, two, three. It's just that, yeah. that could, that's it. Paramedics. Yeah. Cole Prescott saying Randy is better as a heel. Absolutely. He's he just he's ne- I, I can't remember the last time he had an effective face run. Hmm. So that was Raw tonight. That was a roll tonight. I liked it. It was the easiest raw to sit through in a long time. So I was, I was, uh, I'm a fan for these changes. Shorter matches, have them longer when you need it. The title matches, main event stuff, have that go two segments. Otherwise, it's one segment. Move on. Yep. That's how they did it back in the '90s. You never had matches go through a commercial break. Well, and that's the, and I and and, I, and you're right, Raj. I think that's that comes into that. There's that vocal, I still say it's that vocal minority, and maybe it, it, it's those on Twitter or, or Reddit or whatever on, on social that are like, you know, work rate, work rate. We need to see 30 minute matches. Right. We need to see like all like this, all these false. No, save that for the pay per view right. when needed. Your average your your average person who you're trying to draw in on these on these free shows on cable doesn't want to sit through a 30 minute match that has three commercial breaks. They they just want to see. The character they want to see the entrance they want to see you know a little bit of the of the high, of the of the of the high points and then and then give me some character development stuff backstage save if somebody's going to pay to watch pay-per-view then you can give them the the, right. the longer storied match but like that's that gets drowned out by a whole lot of people saying no you got to see work rate but it's just those people saying it but it's a whole lot of other people we're not hearing from and it's those people that are tuning out as right, the ratings right. would show you right yeah absolutely i've been saying that forever so what else do we got? What else is going on in the world of wrestling? Uh, came out over the weekend that AJ Styles he was moved to SmackDown because he actually had this uh, you know happened a few weeks ago, but he uh, had he he had issues with Paul Heyman. He was apparently very upset with Heyman over Gallows and Anderson uh, getting fired, even though that was ultimately a Vince McMahon call. But uh, Styles held out against Heyman. Maybe he felt like Heyman didn't use him enough, and then that's why they were you know uh, expendable. Um, I don't know, but yeah, AJ Styles uh, had had issues with Heyman. Now Heyman was not at Raw tonight. Earlier, uh, it, there was yeah. a report that Heyman was there, but he wasn't at Raw today. Interesting. What, what else do you think, Raj? I mean, obviously Heyman is on air with with Lesnar whenever Lesnar is needed back. Do you think to fill the void now that Paul Heyman doesn't have the the office responsibility? Do you think they try to find somebody else to put him with uh, as a mouthpiece? Um, guy or girl? Every, I mean, outside of CM Punk, everyone they tried it with, it didn't work. Right. You know, Cesaro, Curtis Axel. Ryback. Uh, is, there, is there anyone else I'm missing? Ryback. Ryback, Ryback, Ryback right? Yeah, yeah Ryback. Oh, come on, Raj. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Raj is just trying to fill the Heyman-sized hole in Ryback's heart. 
But yeah, yeah, it just it has to be the right personality, and I just don't know who really fits. Yeah. Um, so. Well, I mean, Punk and Punk and Lesnar both work because everybody like legitimately knew. Okay, like right. there is a real relationship behind sure. the scenes of these two guys. Yeah, Ryback, Axel, Cesaro. It felt yeah, it felt very forced. You know. Honestly, I'd like to see Lesnar without Heyman for a while, and you know, I don't think he should be cutting fifteen minute promos, but just short and simple. Quick and easy, um, and just kind of do a little bit of his own talking for a little bit. That would freshen him up, him up because these Heyman Lesnar segments have gotten stale. Remember when they teased for like a few weeks that like uh. Lesnar was going to turn on Heyman? It was that same. It was in the same stint where like Lesnar gave that famous line about how he likes his steak. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like they were teasing that those two were going to like split up, and right. I'm glad that that actually got palted because it just doesn't make sense to not have them together. It's just, yeah. you know, uh. If you do um, it, switch it up. Um, yeah. what the, what's that other story about the, the, the this one intrigues me, Raj? This uh, confidential witness. Oh, okay. You have um, this. Yeah. So let me. Uh, it's like a who done it in clue, but you narrow down pretty quickly. Oh, it's easy. You can easily yeah. figure out who it is. <laughs> I, I don't get why they put what they did in the in the lawsuit if it's a confidential <laughs> witness because it's only one person. It could be. That could be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so uh, there is a clash ax- action lawsuit uh, that's uh, being uh, the, the documents were filed last week. Uh, the lawsuit, it, you know, it, it had started, uh, I believe it was like back in March, um, with uh, all these different firms suing WWE, saying WWE misrepresented their dealings with Saudi Arabia, springing up a bunch of stuff with their TV deals, how they haven't been honest with shareholders. And, uh, you know, talking about the, the problems that they've had with the country now. If you guys remember last October after Crown Jewel, uh, the WWE talent and crew were delayed in the country for almost a day. It might have even been a little more than a day. Uh, that SmackDown that week had to be changed. They had NXT talent on it. Uh, a lot of people, there were a lot of people tweeting from the plane, like Rusev and some other guys uh-huh. and, you know, Carl Anderson, uh, who were, you know, concerned. Wives were tweeting that were concerned. And so at the time, uh, Hugo Savinovich, Savinovich uh, former WWE Spanish commentator, he was saying that the plane was held up because uh, Saudi Arabia actually owed WWE money uh, for the last for their last show, and that Vince McMahon was upset at not getting it, so he pulled a Crown Jewel feed, the live TV feed in the country, and the Crown Jewel feed was pulled for like a half an hour. It started uh, huh. started late. And that the crown prince got so upset over the move that he had, you know, he ordered this whole thing to take place. Now, uh, the people with this lawsuit, they have two um, two confidential uh, witnesses. One is for the TV side, the TV side of the deal. Uh, and then the other is a former WWE wrestler, <laughs> they said, <laughs> who wrestled for the company from 2012 to April of 2020. So he was clearly uh, part of the releases. If you go back, you look at and oh, and they also said he participated in the Crown Jewel event last October. So if you just look at the wrestlers who competed at Crown Jewel, you got uh, and the ones that have been released. You got Rusev, Eric Rowan, Cain Velasquez, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler. You know the revival, Curtis Axel, Kurt Hawkins, and Zack Ryder. Now, if you go and see who started in 2012, <laughs> it <laughs> brings it down to one. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, so they got this confidential witness uh, who is saying that uh, he had asked a stewardess on, uh, on the flight about the delay and was told that it seems someone doesn't want us to leave the country. And then he said that the pilot sounded distressed when he told the passengers that the flight was unable to depart. And then he allegedly went to uh, the WWE Senior Director of Talent Relations, Mark Carano, and asked him what was happening. And Carano actually told him that uh, the Crown Prince... And McMahon had gotten into an argument over money from the June 7, 2019 Super Showdown event. So, um, you know, he's, this is all, if this goes to court, this is all under oath. So, um, so now, we yeah. know what was, now we know what was in the cage. It was legal papers. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, it wasn't Rowan. Well, no, I thought it was. No. No? No. no. He started. Ro- Rowan was a, a year later. Hold on a second. No. Uh, yes. Uh, hold on a second. He's, he was uh, technically with the company since 2011. Well, I guess developmental he was, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, then I'm. The, the, <laughs> All right. It's. I mean, it's. It's. It's Scott Dawson. <laughs> I could have swore it been Rowan. I thought 2012. All right. Scott Dawson starting in 2012. Huh. Unless they're right. counting. Uh, if yeah, they're not I, counting FCW, then it could be Dawson or Rowan because they both started in 2012. Rowan's 2012, and Ro- Rowan was. Uh, he definitely was in the Crown Jewel show. He. Um, yeah. I think he was part of was a battle royal. I think he he got like there's like last eliminated. I think he was he was a part of it. I'm, I'm forgetting exactly what he did, but yeah. I, um, when I read when I read that, I was doing the pro- I thought for sure it was Rowan. Yeah, no, Scott Dawson signed with WWE in 2012 and was with the Performance Center. FCW is not. Yeah, I guess that's a WWE development contract, so that would have been 2011. Mm. It's one of those. So hey, look, we didn't blow the confidential witness. Then it could be <laughs> one of those two. <laughs> it's like the ending of Clue. Here's three different ways it could have happened. <laughs> um, so, I mean, they put all these in the court documents. I'm sure the wrestler, uh, by saying he competed at Crown Jewel, was released in 2019. It's, they, they basically spelled it out. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, what, that's what's happening there. There you have it. Uh, anything else to cover before we take this home? Oh yeah, one one last thing. Edge his triceps, uh, torn oh, triceps yeah. injury. That actually happened after the match. So after wow. the match, they retaped uh, different stuff. So like an RKO from the top rope, they retaped it. And during the retapes, he hurt his. Uh, he got the torn triceps. So he had already done that long match and was fine. And then it was the post stuff. So which is a good which is a good piece of information to have because you know. Prior to the match airing on Backlash last night, you know, if if you're okay about spoilers, you you could see on the internet uh, that that the, the news was out that he had gotten hurt in this match, and then you watch the match. And I'm doing it. I'm waiting and trying to find the spot. And I'm like, right. I, I don't see it. He he's, he does, there's no there's a no point. Does it look like you, know, you you tear a tricep? There's going to be a noticeable right, uh, and they're going to be favoring it. Yeah, and they're just it wasn't there. And I remember thinking to myself after the match was done, and even when we got into this podcast last night, I was like. Man, Edge is a tough SOV because I did not, I couldn't detect it anywhere. I couldn't right. see any bit of where it happened. Yeah, and so I, they did show a shot mm-hmm. of him laying out after the match, and they might have shot this after the torn triceps because you can see a bruise on his arm. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, they uh, it, it was taped during the retakes, and obviously they didn't use that take, so hmm. uh, you never saw it. Makes it even worse, man, that it wasn't a live accident. Like this was a setup. They, uh, I mean, they set up for that particular spot, and then right, yeah, then, taping it ahead of time. You, you get injured on a deleted scene. What a, what a great! <laughs> yeah. yeah, it sucks because you know with the company that's kind of depleted on star power right now. You know, Edge. He he only had a few more matches left this year, but he also had a lot of segments to go with those, and so. Uh, not having him on TV, and he's one of the better promos in the company right now. It, it hurts. Yeah, I mean, timeline-wise, if, 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 if eight months is the guesstimated timetable, I mean, this basically puts it, best-case scenario, he's ready to go for Mania next year. And then and he, can finally, and he can finally have a match in front of, he can have a one-on-one match in front of the crowd. And we'll have, we'll have to see the recovery time, too, because he is 46 years old as well. Yeah. Wow. There you have it. Uh, guys, Fast-moving raw, fast-moving podcast tonight. Jesus, I mean, we uh, just flying through tonight. It's a new era. Well, Started Raj, early. Raj doesn't pay me by the minute, so I'm not. I'm not here to <laughs> sit around and look pretty for longer than I need to. We didn't have to wait around for 20 minutes for Matt to come on. <laughs> I ate that burrito with ketchup today, Raj. It ain't sitting well with me. But it tasted good. No, it really did. It. Ketchup it doesn't mess up your stomach. It tasted like Heinz ketchup on a burrito. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. On a frozen but then burrito, it's good. I put some curry ketchup on it, and that was really good. Mm. I like, like curry. Curry ketchup. Have you ever tried that that brand New Delhi? Spelled D E L H I. They have a curry mustard and a curry ketchup. You can get it at Whole Foods. That stuff's fantastic. Yeah. I eat that on everything. Uh, oh, I'm gonna break that down. That sounds. Yeah. I like very good. Down I like, my alley. I like mustard. I like hot sauce. I'm not a ketchup fan. And here it is. I moved to Pittsburgh, where the capital of Heinz. You yeah. know, and I just I just can't do the ketchup. It just doesn't. Huh. Not a thing for me. Not a thing. I like it on a burger. Big ketchup on a hamburger kind of guy. Like, yeah, not I'm not, I'm not mustard. <laughs> I put sriracha on everything. It's, I usually uh, do mustard, but uh, 
when I'm letting myself go, I'll, I'll have some ketchup. Well, so fans, take the Raj Giri, take the Raj Giri uh, burrito challenge and tweet your photos of you eating ketchup on a burrito. It's not on it. You dip it. You dip it in the. Yeah, ketchup. I dipped it, and I think I was like, I thought, oh, this is gonna be really good. I was like, this tastes like ketchup on a burrito. Like it was. Sometimes there's magic when you. But mix you're, you're, you're also eating together. a veggie burrito. It was, that, uh, hurt, that hurts it. No, it was like kind of a spice. It was like. Uh, it was uh, by this company, Sweet Earth. It's like a uh, mix of like tofu and yeah, spice see? and uh, potatoes. Mm. And oh. it's like a really good mix. Now I'm talking about like a, a beef and bean and cheese burrito. You know, like a this real actually, burrito. This actually should have worked better because uh, it was like a breakfasty style burrito. And who does? I, I love ketchup on eggs. I like ketchup on, on tofu or, you know, scrambled <laughs> tofu all the time. Yeah. So everyone tweet Raj your photos of uh, you eating yeah. ketchup on a burrito. Try it out. You're a Heinz guy, though, right? No one's a Hunt's ketchup person. No, There's Heinz, no one that thinks, oh, Heinz Hunt tastes better. I do mix a little Tabasco sometimes in the ketchup. To, you know, give it a little something-something. Yes, at that point, it's not ketchup anymore. Tabasco ketchup is an entirely different thing. Yeah. Well, getting to the bottom of things. Uh, everyone, have a good night. He's at Justin Obar. He's at Rajgiri underscore 303. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. We'll catch you back here Wednesday with Matt Morgan. Stock AEW and NXT on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.